Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Genius Podcast. My name is Karen Doyle, your host and founder of The Genius Project, an initiative for Catholic women designed to support and resource you towards growth in all areas of your life. We do this through the Catholic Women's Masterclass, The Genius Podcast, which you're listening to, our online courses and resources, and our Catholic coaching programs for women. If you are interested in finding out about any of these initiatives, can I invite you to visit our website, www geniusproject.co or come on over and join us on instagram genius underscore project underscore daily or you can subscribe to the genius project youtube channel Ladies, we are walking into Holy Week this week and I have a very special episode with a guest who is a Dominican sister, Sister Mary Magdalene. Sister Mary Magdalene was here in Australia back in 2012 when I first met her and we have stayed in contact ever since. She's a very beautiful woman, a dear friend, and I welcome her to the podcast this week to walk us through a reflection on Holy Week. Sister Mary Magdalene, it's so wonderful to have you joining us on the Genius Podcast all the way from Ireland today. So welcome. Thank you so much. It's great to be with you, Karen. It's so good. You and I go back a long way. I'm trying to think what year we first met. Do you remember? All the years are such a blur, aren't they? I know. I find the kids have kind of ruined my sense of time. <laughs> Do you remember, what I year think... did you come to Australia? Um, 2012. And I kind of in August or early September, and um, I would imagine I met you straight away. Yes. By September, through... October. Yeah. Yes. And was it in Canberra or Sydney? Yes. Yes. So you came yeah. to our house with Sister Mary Rachel, I think. Mm-hmm. That was what it was. Yeah. And my kids, um, my kids love you all. They, <laughs> I said, they often think of you all as their second family. They really appreciate the place of, um, that the Dominican sisters have had in our life and I guess in their formation. But you were in Australia for a number of years. And what year did you leave to go back to Nashville? Oh, it was just the end of 2015. Okay. So I was there was a little over a three years. years. Okay. Yeah. It felt oh, like three a, and a half. longer. <laughs> Yeah, it was a blessed time. For the listeners, uh, like I became very good friends with Sister Mary Rachel and yourself during that time Mm -hmm. and a number of the other sisters. And then Jonathan actually spoke in St. Louis in 2017 at the NCEA convention. And you were so beautiful. You were teaching in St. Louis and organized some babysitters for our kids. That's right. Forgot they about were that. really little. So our, we have for the listeners three children under. We had three under three back in the day. Mm. So I think Olivia was only nine on that trip. Yeah. Stephanie was very little, and Jonathan was giving this big keynote mm. to ten thousand teachers, and we had to run the expo, and it was it was such a insane culture shock <laughs> because yes. in Australia conventions are very little. The US does them on a whole different level. Yes. But I remember That's running, weird. do you remember I was running the expo booth and thinking there'd be like a trickle of people here and there. And we were just like small and I was just going, oh my gosh. And yeah. he just turned up next to me and like, what can I do? Yeah. Starting collecting money. <laughs> I know, you did. And you went and got change from it. You were amazing. So That's so right. grateful. And then I was your, um, then I was your shipping. Do you remember that? Actually you were. So we, we couldn't get all the boxes shipped. So you had to, oh, that's we right. We had them in our closet. And you would send me, um, uh, I guess, orders. orders of about, oh. you know, 50 different addresses at a time. I was on a first name basis with the uh, shipping company. And <laughs> oh, thank crazy. you so much. You are just so, so, so that good to great. me. <laughs> oh, um, what, a joy, what a joy to see you again, right? And to kind of touch Australia again. It was a graced time. 
for sure. Yes, so. you're so beautiful and you've left such an impression in my life just through the conversations and I guess that spiritual motherhood, the spiritual nurturing. And we just had, we've just been really blessed before we hit record to have a whole lot of time catching up. <laughs> and I'm like hoping that we can relay some of that conversation to the listeners because it just really enriched my spiritual life. But can you tell us a little bit about, I guess, your background and where you are? Because you're now living in Ireland. So mm -hmm. can you just share sure. with us a little bit about, I guess, your passion and, and your area that you've been ministering in? Yes. Let's see. Well, I grew up in Louisiana and uh, with a bunch of snakes and alligators. For people in Australia, this is nothing. But for people in Ireland, their eyes get really big. <laughs> I speak of snakes and alligators. And I suppose my passion growing up was all sorts of things, you know, until the Lord changed my heart um, and truly a true encounter with him in, um, in Mexico. So I would say the pattern in my life is the Lord, um, he likes to get me to leave my home country um, to show me uh, new things. And so uh, growing up, I didn't like school at all. And I would do anything to skip school. And so when I got to university, um, I went on a two-week trip to Mexico, and my motivation was to skip school. Of course, <laughs> it, it was it was a Catholic mission trip, <laughs> and my eyes were opened to um, people my own age. I was 19 at the time, so authentic and free um, because they loved the Lord. And I had been seeking that kind of authenticity and freedom in all the wrong places, you know. And so I talk about that trip as being a sucker punch from God. You know, he knew I would go to skip school and, um, <laughs> he, and I needed to see something new and different. And the, the people of Mexico, how beautiful in the true um, poverty of spirit in the Beatitudes, right, that they had nothing but were so joyful. Um, so it's just a great moment for me of um, humility. You know, I had grown up in a Catholic family and I thought, I remember thinking when I was there, what have I done for the past 19 years? I have been given all of this and it has been a waste. Um, and so I came back from that trip, just completely changed and, and still kind of wondering, you know, you have to make new friends and uh, new patterns in your life. Within two years, I had joined the convent. <laughs> Is that right? Wow. Yeah. Um, actually, it was more like a year and a half. And so um, my vocation, I would say, was initially born at in Mexico. It's the first time I heard the Lord say, you were made for me. Um, mm. And so he did, in some ways, I landed in the convent, you know, really, um, uh, I joke, but behind perhaps some of the other women in terms of understanding what it even meant to discern <laughs> and, and um even but the basic knew. content of my faith, you know, but he knew he needed to get me to a safe place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, let's see. So I entered our community in the year 2000, the great Jubilee year and um, many graces all around. And I would say um, I got to go to World Youth Day in Toronto, Canada. It's the next time he took me out of the country. Uh, it's just massive grace, really falling in love with the church. It was St. John Paul II's last World Youth Day, and he was really suffering from Parkinson's and just the beauty of his own faith um, and being with the with the church in that capacity is so powerful. And um, so came back from that right before I made my vows um, and was was all in, so to speak, and then um, spent the next, I'd say, seven years um, teaching, teaching primary school, um, in different parts in the U S and then got missioned to our house in Sydney, Australia. Right. Uh, and I taught at Trinity college for about nine months and then 
did chaplaincy work at Sydney University, um, just a beautiful experience of Australia. And the Lord allowed me to see how much he loves Australia and the people there. And uh, very hard to leave that assignment, but came back to the U.S. and started teaching um, what we call here in the, US, in the U.S. middle school, you know, so years six, seven, and eight um, in school. And um, even had last year, I was assigned to our kitchen at the mother house. So I got to serve the sisters. I would cook for 150 every day. And it was a beautiful moment. It's kind of like that mom, you know, just uh, feeding the family. There's something very practical, but something very beautiful about it. One of our sisters with an Italian background says there's a phrase in, in Italian that says, as the kitchen goes, so goes the house. <laughs> oh, dear. That doesn't, that's not very good for me. <laughs> when you told so, me before that that was a dream, <laughs> that you were so happy to be assigned to the kitchen, I thought, oh, my goodness, that would be like being sentenced to prison for me. <laughs> It's not well, my area of strength. <laughs> I don't know if it's my area of strength, but you know, we'll get more to this this topic of surrender. But um, there was a grace to surrender to to that obedience that was asked of me, and um, and and it was a beautiful year, um, exhausting year, but but I couldn't have asked for a more lovely year. And and Karen, you would know from seeing our mother house, there is such a grace just to be on that property. Absolutely. Um, it's so stunning. Uh, and yeah, there is a grace. I, I just I know when we went, we were able to, we would join the sisters for evening prayer and the rosary in the afternoon in the chapel. And it was just extraordinary. My kids were just captivated. The grace, mm -hmm. it, it was just so beautiful. Yes. Yeah. And we're normal women. We struggle with, with the same thing anyone else does, but that property carries with it graces of joy and, and peace. And, um, and that can overcome um, all of our weaknesses, you know? And so there is a beautiful gift just to be there. And so I, I loved it. I relished my year at home. I hadn't lived at our mother house, as we call it, for um, 17 years before that I had been gone um, teaching and, and everything else. And so last year I received the assignment to move to our house in Limerick, Ireland. And so I've been here about six months and we help administer a parish in the city center. And I work um, part-time for the Diocese of Limerick as a diocesan advisor, which means I get to visit the 100 primary schools and talk to the students about what they're learning in RE. Um, I, I don't know, this past six months has been really beautiful in the same way. When we obey what the Lord asks of us, he provides everything we need. He, he told me the same thing on coming to Ireland. You know, he, it's as if he showed me his heart and he pointed to Ireland. And he said, I love them and I want you to see them. So this is um, a visit. The, the scripture passage that came to mind with the assignment here was the visitation, which has so many beautiful elements, but it's our lady visits her cousin. But by doing that, she allows the Lord to encounter Elizabeth and John the Baptist, you know, in the same way, perhaps if I have, if the Marian heart right? That he is able to encounter the people he loves here. So it's been a, it's a, been a beautiful six months of reflecting on that and trying to, to surrender to him so that he can have his way mm -hmm. and to get to receive, you know, when you come to a new country, there's this receiving of, of the country and of the people. I'm just letting that happen. So my, my passion is surrender. <laughs> it's the, <laughs> the only true way to be um, happy and to flourish in his spirit 
to cling to the word of God. It's a great love for scripture um, has carried me these last few years. Yes, all of that. That's where I'm at. And the parish we're at is great. It was um, a Dominican parish. The fathers are very good here in, in Ireland. I'll, I'll speak to that. The Dominican order is doing pretty, is doing well here in Ireland. Um, nonetheless, they had to leave this parish. And so we are administering it and the diocesan priests will come in and help us yeah. um, the sacramental life but so that's an interesting thing too you know yes very different yes very different from our normal mode of just teaching yes yes yeah and just listening to you like all those different moves in and out of different countries mm-hmm. different missions I guess in religious life you, you take that vow of obedience yes. and I guess that, that's sort of what you have to surrender to yes Talking about this whole idea of surrender and detachment um, before we hit record, and I'd love to move into more of that in this mm-hmm. conversation, and particularly how I guess lay women, women in religious life, um, how we can actually practice that detachment and that surrender, because there's so many things. I mean, the world feels like a very unstable, unpredictable, chaotic place at the moment. And we've just had the sisterhood conference. So I had the beautiful privilege of just speaking with a number of women and and doing pastoral care. But one of the themes that kept coming through in the conversations was just this level of low grade bubbling anxiety. Mm. It's bubbling beneath the surface because I guess we've been through a lot these three years and I don't think sometimes we rush on to the next thing, like mm-hmm. the mandates are gone and things are happening. So it's like, let's put COVID behind us. But what I'm mm-hmm. seeing in young people and, and women and it's just there's still a lot of leftover kind of debris from that experience yeah. in people's lives. Plus we've got everything that's going on in the world. Plus we're trying to juggle our own <laughs> lives, the challenges and the demands. And mm-hmm. I think people are feeling a little bit of that pressure. And I guess this episode will air during Holy Week. And what a beautiful mm-hmm. week to talk about surrender mm-hmm. being the path yeah. to peace. Yeah, I mean, Yeah, I guess, <laughs> can you speak into, I guess the challenge that we have as, as human beings when it mm-hmm. comes to surrender, we were talking about just how we grasp, but really. Yes. Yes. Receiving. Yeah. I think it's, it comes with us um, in our, in our woundedness, right. From sin. But I think there is this ancient, um, this ancient lie, you know, that we will, we somehow need that our desires are coming from an emptiness. Therefore we need to grasp things to fill that space. And um, what is so profound And what God reveals is that there is a love, there is a gift that precedes our desires. And this is very, this, this takes a grace, I think, to see and experience, but it's one we need to pray for that he creates in love. And if we can just think of that a moment, um, our desires are not coming from an emptiness, but they're actually coming from a fullness. And when we can really accept that the anxiety begins to crumble because we realize more and more we are secure. And so often we are acting out of a fear and anxiety and insecurity that we need something. And what the Lord is teaching us is that we, we have been provided for. Um, it, I mean, children show us this when they are so secure in their parents' love. They are not worried about things. And uh, Jesus is the perfect child. He's the son. And he is constantly saying, right? He wants to do what pleases the father. And that, you know, I always think of the Trinity as the father giving everything to the son, and then the son responds, right? Jesus is secure, 
He's not grasping at anything because he is completely filled by the Father. And when we are baptized, we enter into that mystery. We are completely fulfilled by the Father. So there's no need. There's no need to be afraid. There's no need to be anxious. There's no need to grasp. St. Paul tells us in Philippians chapter two, right? Though he was in the form of God, he did not deem equality with God something to be grasped at, but he empties himself. And so John Paul in his theology of the body talks about this, right? That when we give ourselves away, there's a freedom and a joy and it's piercing. It's destroying the lie that says what's in it for me. And for me to be happy, I need to take, right? I need to grasp. Um, This is so deep in us, this lie, and it is completely saturated in our culture, Mm. right? So it's really hard to see the truth. But the truth is, we stand as Jesus does, receiving everything from the Father, and there's no need to grasp. And so it takes a complete shift in our thinking. But when something hits us that seems unsettling, um, uh, that makes us anxious or afraid, or there's a tendency to want to do something to manipulate or to control, right? That's a moment for us to say, wait a minute, I am secure. There's no, there's no um, emptiness in me. I, I have what I need. I surrender this to you, Lord. I surrender. It's, it's a beautiful moment and it's hard to see, but it's a grace we must pray for because it's getting to the heart of the identity of being a Christian is this stance of surrender and acceptance. It is Jesus's own stance and it's coming not from a vacuum, but from a fullness you know, mm-hmm. that's the, that's the key. Um, I love that. I love that there too. is a gift. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There is a gift that precedes the task of our life. We're not at it alone. Um, that's when we consciously or unconsciously begin to grasp, you know, mm-hmm. and to want to control. Um, yeah. I'm not saying it's easy. <laughs> no, it's so not that's easy. <laughs> but, but I think what you're saying there is just, I guess, taking a pause and mm-hmm. evaluating, and maybe this is an invitation for us all during this Holy Week, is to to ask that question, where am I grasping? Where am I not yeah. Oh, yeah. trusting? Yes. Where am I sort of seeking to step in? Because, I, I mean, I know for myself, I have three children, run the business, yeah. homeschooling. You know, there's a lot going on that you can end up going through the motions of the day and reacting mm-hmm. and responding without being really intentional. And I, I think I love the word yes. that you mentioned earlier, um, before we hit record again, wish we had a record. <laughs> it was such a good conversation. <laughs> but it was also the theme of our conference a couple of weeks ago mm. for sisterhood. But the theme was deeper. Mm. And you you said a beautiful quote that a sister had said to you about being yeah. rooted in Christ. Would you share a little bit about oh, yes. that? Because I I think this week of Holy Week is really about growing our roots deeper. Amen. Lord. Yeah. Yes. Yes. This um wise older sister had, um, she had just, she hugged me and she said, um, root yourself in prayer so that you can withstand the changing winds of time. And so she was, I was a young sister, but that, that idea that prayer, our attachment to Christ must be strong and deep. And then just like a tree and a plant will bend in the wind, but not break. Right. It's so, it's so key. So yeah, going very deep in him. Um, I love the imagery of the plant and the spiritual life. Can't get yes. better. <laughs> no, it's so yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And um, I do want to share, going along with what we were talking about, it's a beautiful quote by Pope Benedict. He said it in one of his writings in the 90s when he was still cardinal. But he said, 
that holiness is not the perfecting of yourself, but rather your purification. And I think that's that's beautiful in what we were saying in that acceptance and that surrender that um, oftentimes we can try to perfect ourselves and be doing things, but it's really a purification that needs to happen. And we might say an alienation from everything that will keep us from going deep, right? Another way to look at it, perhaps I like to pray that any obstacle to the Lord's grace in my own mind and heart would be removed. You know, I think that is a very powerful prayer to pray. Oftentimes we don't realize what obstacles we have, either from sin or from what we're talking about, maybe grabbing onto things and not realizing it. But that is a powerful prayer that I pray every day, numerous times, Lord, remove obstacles to your grace from my mind and my heart, you know, over and over. And he will do it. <laughs> I love that. That's he beautiful. can, he can strip it away. It's it's so interesting, isn't it? If we've been walking the spiritual life for many years, obviously we don't have any areas, generally speaking, of grave sin anymore. Mm-hmm. But there's those little insidious things mm-hmm. out there that sort of just hide or lurk in the corners yes. of our life. And, and I love that prayer. It's just that mindfulness and the intentionality mm-hmm. of giving our whole selves to Christ and asking yes. us to, I guess, shed the old self and replace Amen. that old self with him. And that's a, it can be quite a painful process at times. It is painful. Yeah. It is painful. And sometimes because of that, people give up. But um, they don't see their progress. I think there's yeah, a, exactly. there's a sense, like you said, like we we like to have that metric to measure something <laughs> of our success or our progress, and the world offers us that. It's yes. you know whether it's yes. what car you drive or what clothes you wear or what oh, degree you true. have or how much you own, what suburb you live in. There's all these mm-hmm. metrics to define success yes. and progress, but progress in the spiritual life is very different, <laughs> isn't it? Can yes. You, speak into I guess that struggle that sometimes we have of being disheartened because I know there's areas in my life that I've been working on with the Lord for years sometimes I'm like oh I just I thought I had conquered this or I thought this was resolved but there it is yes yes (laughs) yeah so I'm wondering if you can speak into that um just that desire for growth Uh, Mm -hmm. But sometimes how we do get disheartened and and lose motivation on that spiritual journey. Yeah. Well, I think firstly, you know, it's to recognize when we have become disheartened, Mm. you know, and then reject that and and repent because discouragement just, it can burrow in and, and paralyze us or like you said, despair and we'll just give up. So as always, I mean, the Lord can, he has the power to go through all of this. So that's why praying is so important you know, and, and to give him the permission, uh, Lord, to, <laughs> you know, you have access, Lord, to every room in my heart. There is nothing. And if I am closing something to you, I give you permission to to tear it off. <laughs> mm. um, even p- prayers like that, so that he can work with things we, we don't see. We give him that permission. But I think patience is a, is a beautiful word to, to latch on to. When you think about it, uh, salvation history, the Lord is patient. And sometimes we are not patient with ourselves and with others in the same way he is, but that he knows uh, the desire is so beautiful. The desire to want to grow is a good desire. And sometimes it causes pain because we see our own lack, but uh, he's not put off by the the slow growth. You know, if we are working with him and, and his plan is always uh, deeper and broader than ours. So he is doing something 
perhaps that we can't see. So I think to pray for patience in our own lives. And going back to, to you know, Pope Benedict, he talks about the spiritual life as the exodus yes. and, and of the Old Testament, this, this analogy that each human soul has to have its exodus from sin. And so there is much to be gained by reflecting on that crazy 40-year period in the book of Exodus and Numbers, right? They were a mess. Yes, they were. <laughs> he stayed with them, you know, and it took long and they wanted numerous times, at least 10, they rebelled and wanted to go back to Egypt or they wanted to have the things of Egypt. And that is the great temptation when we get disheartened and when it's taking long, we want to go back, right? Mm -hmm. We want to take the comfort of some, I don't know, whether it's our thinking uh, or some pleasure, um, whatever it is, we want to go back um, yeah. because it's taking too long. Um, but there is a promise and he is with us and there is, there is goodness uh, to come. And I think when we stick with it, we can, we can testify, can't we, Karen, to getting to the places where there is a beauty and a peace, a little metric, you know, he will give us the consolations um, when we need them and to trust when we feel like we need them and we're not getting anything, the, the beautiful act of entrustment. Um, mm. It's taking long, Lord, but I trust you and and make my trust real. I often say that if what I'm saying is just empty words, Jesus, you make them real. <laughs> you know, if this sounds just like pious platitude and I'm not really doing something, you change that. You know my heart, right? He knows everything. He knows we love them. He, him, him. Yeah, so patience, perseverance. Um, the world keeps feeding us this instant gratification, which makes this whole area that much more difficult, right? We are being programmed for instant gratification. And the spiritual life is not like that. There is no way to be a disciple except to follow. And it's the way of the cross happens before the resurrection. But we know when we're suffering in one sense that we are following him. Yes. You know, and that, <laughs> that's you know. who. What, who was the saint? Was it Saint Therese of Lisieux who said, um, "You know, if if this is the way you treat your friends, then <laughs> no wonder you don't have you have so few." Yes. Oh my because, gosh. And I think Catherine of Siena was, you know, there can be no victory without the battle, and so that's mm -hmm. something that I I draw great consolation from when I'm going through, I guess, those times of desolation. That if I persevere. Yeah. Like if I persevere, if I keep going, mm -hmm. the Lord, he's already won the victory. And and I Amen. want to see this through to see and experience the victory in my yes. life. And yes. I think that's what really spurs me on as well is just if we give up too soon, that beautiful saying, you know, it's always darkest before the dawn, that yeah. we yeah. go through the darkest and the most difficult times of, I guess, mm -hmm. desolation and, and feeling disheartened. But often that's right before we get that breakthrough or that the time of consolation yes. the really comes. I think the other mm -hmm. thing that means a lot to me is, you know, I often remember Psalm 23 that he, mm. you know, you walk through the valley of the shadow of death and it's that idea of this is a journey, this progress mm -hmm. that we have to make. So we're not meant to stay there forever. It's, it's like seasons. Winter doesn't yes. last forever. Um, yes. And I guess yes. holding on to that promise that the seasons will change, the winter in our life will change. It will give mm -hmm. way to spring eventually. Amen. To yes. Go after his heart. Mm -hmm. And I think too, when uh, when we shed slowly, um, shed all of these these lies, this false way of being, we become more ourselves. And that, in its turn, it's a. I think it's Saint Augustine who says. 
you know, when I found you, Lord, I found myself. I was reading an article recently and it says we are made in the image of another. And therefore to become ourselves, we become more like the image in which we are made. And I think what a powerful, you can just get lost in that. But um, the more like Christ we become, we, we actually regain ourselves, you know, so true. And I think it's so key because oftentimes people will use the phrase, or at least that we do in America, um, I'm only human. Ah, yes. <laughs> and they'll say it <laughs> to, justi- to justify a weakness. But what this truth that I just spoke of is getting at is that actually to be human is to be like God, right? And the more like him we become, the more we become ourselves, right? Um, we are made in the image, not of ourselves. So we don't create our self-image. We actually gain our identity from him, you know, mm-hmm. but it's, it's all of this switch um, because we are saturated in a world that's giving us a different message. But, and that's why prayer just becomes ever more important and central. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's our oxygen. We can't actually survive without it. And I, I think once many, many, many years ago, I spoke with a woman and she was running around and, and someone asked her on the panel about when she gets time for prayer. She's like, I just, I don't have time to pray. My life is so busy. And it, it was interesting, just the irony. But I thought, gosh, there was a book once that says, um, too busy not to pray so the more busy we are the more important it is that we need to be giving the lord that that prayer time every single day and jonathan just inspires me i mean he no matter how much he has on every day a full hour whether it's 4 a.m to 5 a.m he is praying because and and that's inspired me i guess to Mm -hmm. really carve out my morning prayer time as well Um, yes sometimes in the seasons of motherhood that has had to change (laughs) but if I'm not grounding myself and rooting myself firmly in that time with the Lord each day, things just get very wobbly. That's true. Yeah, and, and we feel more of that chaos, you know. Yes. Uh, and I mean, people have their prayer time at different times of the day, but I've heard that saying that says, you know, the first hour forms the rudder for the rest of your day. And yeah, so it, having, even if it's five or 10 minutes, just reading mm-hmm. scripture or just centering with the Lord. It's yes. so important. It's so important. Yeah. You know, anytime we put ourselves in his presence, um, he changes us, even if we don't feel it. You know, you think of, I, once again, Moses, but when he would go into God's presence, you know, he would come down from the mountain and he was shining so much they would cover him. <laughs> yes. And perhaps we don't have that miracle operating, but we can be sure when we put ourselves in his presence, he changes us. It cannot be otherwise because he is... He is more real than anything we encounter all day long, this mysterious, invisible presence, you know, and then we get to receive him in Holy Communion, my God, to receive him with faith. Um, St. Thomas calls the Eucharist the sacrament of conversion par excellence, you know, mm. it, is the, it is the moment where we are changed into him rather than the other way around. And the more faith and desire we have for him, uh, the more that change can happen. Uh, so, yeah, so I think it's really important to, to keep praying for that increase in faith and hope and charity, right, to increase. Amen. Amen. Oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> Tell me, sister, as women walk into Holy Week, because this will air on Tuesday and, and they're, they're just a few days before Holy Thursday, how can they really prepare their hearts? Have you got any spiritual yeah. pearls there just in these last few days before Good Friday, how we can really bring yeah. our hearts before the Lord? Yeah. Um, 
you know, the things that are just coming into my mind when we read, I was just doing a Bible study with the, with the group here on the passion account in Mark in St. Mark's gospel and Jesus well, he'll say this in all of them. Um, but we were reflecting where Jesus is constantly saying, watch, stay awake and watch. And uh, even if it's as you go into Holy Week uh, to make that little word a part of your prayer, Lord, help me to watch. Because um, he, you know, I think it's in chapter 13 of Mark, but he talks, he gives the parable about the master who goes away and you don't know when he's going to return. And the servants need to stay awake and they need to watch because he will come at an unknown hour. And then one chapter over in Mark is the Garden of Gethsemane. And he brings three apostles with him and he says, stay awake and pray. And he comes back three times to find them sleeping. And he says, could you not watch with me one hour? The master is, is here and you're not prepared. So as we go into Holy Week, uh, life doesn't stop. So there still will be busy busyness and, um, and things with family and friends. But to have a spiritual watchfulness, um, Lord, I want to be your faithful disciple. Help me to stay awake spiritually, <laughs> um, you know, with you um, and to see in the gospel of Mark, there's a lot of miracles of curing blindness and deafness. And those miracles are meant to prod us in where is our spiritual blindness and deafness, you know, so that we might be awake and that we might be able to hear him in what is the most powerful week of the entire year. There is more spiritual power in this next and holy week than any other time. And he can do amazing, powerful things in our life. But we need to be awake and we need to listen. So to give him that spiritual desire, I think at the beginning of the week is beautiful. And of course, Jesus teaches us in his own passion that he is handing himself over right on his own power. And so that we might enter into that, not to be afraid to hand ourselves over to him. Or the two things that are that are popping in, but a spiritual alertness. He desires that so that we can enter into this mystery that we are about to encounter. We don't want to be asleep. <laughs> um, I'd say that. What about yourself, Karen? Do you have any words? Oh, no, I'm just lapping up your, your what you're <laughs> saying. I just I love that. I was just thinking I actually need to show my kids this, <laughs> this last week. I think for myself, it's just really uh, yes, it's busy, like I have a busy mm -hmm. week with the kids and end of term, but just really carving out for me as a mum in our home, creating an atmosphere mm -hmm. where I can encounter the Lord and where my kids can encounter him. So yes. trying yes. to slow down, I guess, our home life a little bit. Um, yes. I'm big in the atmosphere and creating an environment. So just mm -hmm. like we've got the purple tablecloth and napkins yes. and, and the cross is covered and all of those things. And just, I guess, spending this week just preparing. So that yes, beautiful. we really walk as a family through those days mm -hmm. of Easter. Um, yes, very good. And, and I think in prayer for myself, it's just really asking the Lord for the grace to accept, I guess, what's happening in my life mm -hmm. and, and, um, just the wisdom to navigate whatever challenges are before mm -hmm. us. So just really yeah. pressing into him in, in a deeper Amen. way. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, with great trust. Yes, it is. Well, sister, thank you so much. My gosh, I just want to jump through the, 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 the hug. 
<laughs> we have, we have missed you so much over the years and yeah. it's just such a blessing to have you on the podcast. I'm so grateful. So thank you very much. Yeah. Well, it's the same for me. It's it's a gift just to see you yeah. and, and to speak to Australia um, for sure. But um, you too have been a great gift that, you know, we were talking, Karen and I were talking about this earlier that you can go years, um, but when the your relationship is in the Lord, right? It picks right up. He's outside of time. He is this cool thing. <laughs> he is. And there's those but, heart connections, those, um, I don't know, just those relationships that are mm-hmm. not bound by place or time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Saying, you've written me a number in the family, a number of Christmas cards and they're in my Bible. Yes. And they're just <laughs> even and even just those little reminders there, mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for. Yeah, no, thank you. Would, and we'll try you... to get you in person to Ireland. <laughs> oh, well, that would be fun. <laughs> we like that. I think I was sharing with you, my husband grew up there for the first five years. Yeah, that's so great. Thank life. you. He did have a little Irish accent when he was a little boy. (laughs) I was wondering, would you mind closing this podcast in prayer and just praying over the women who are listening for their their final week? Holy, Perfect. Thank you. Yes. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, we love you. We claim you as Lord, Lord of our hearts, Lord of our families, Lord of our city and our countries, and Lord of our world. Jesus, we ask you to come and give us your spirit. We ask you to remove any obstacles from our minds and our hearts from your grace. We ask you to take away any anxiety or fear, any insecurity or need to control, and replace it with your great love and your peace. I ask you, Lord, to be present in a particular way to all the women listening to this podcast that they might know that you are Lord, that you have everything for their good planned for them. We ask you to take your precious blood, Lord, and pour it out on all of us. Protect us from the evil one. Give us hearts like your mother, who is always pondering you, always surrendering to you, that we too may say yes to your will. Jesus, we ask you to help us to stay awake and to listen in this next week that we might be your faithful disciples, that we might grow deep in your love. And we ask all of this in the power of your name, from the foot of your cross, from which every good flows. We pray together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. And Mother Mary, come with your mantle and wrap us in your cloak that we might not be distracted this next week, but give our full attention to your Son. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, bless you. Well, ladies, I hope that that conversation was a blessing to you. I just thoroughly enjoyed lapping up the spiritual wisdom and formation and insights that Sister had to offer in this episode. I really hope and pray that this is a blessed Holy Week. I want to encourage you to carve out the time and the space just to slow the pace down so that you can really enter into this Easter season and the graces that the Lord wants to give you. Until next week, ladies, have a blessed and a holy Easter, and I look forward to you joining me again on the Genius Podcast next week.